to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about Candy Flurry, and we are joined by our guest today, Chip. Hey. Chip, welcome to the show. Would you mind telling the audience a bit about yourself? Hey, uh, you may have seen me on the internet for the last more than a decade, which feels <laughs> bad to think about. I've been around as Chip Cheesem. I've been doing Let's Plays for a very long time and some other goofy video editing stuff uh, regarding video games. And I'm also the video editor and like stream producer at Volition. So that's the other place where you may have seen me. Oh, boy. I wouldn't want to make Chip feel old by telling him that as a 30-year-old, I listened to him in middle school. I know. I was. T- I, we were telling him, uh, Jordan, while you were waiting. I was like, Chip, oh, man. along with Grant, are like the, definitely the guests we've had on the show I've been listening to the longest. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like back in the Something Awful days, back where I think I lied about my age to be on Something Awful. So <laughs> of course. I hope I don't get arrested. Remember, Jordan, I gave you a, a Something Awful account for your birthday like 12 you did. years ago. Yes, yes. So I ruined Jordan's life. <laughs> I got fed up with my name, so I changed it to a name that I thought was clever and then discovered the reason I thought it was clever was because I accidentally took it from another something awful user who messaged me like, hey, (laughs) what the hell? What the frick, buddy? Yeah. I just imagine people from something awful, like, don't swear for some reason. The pooper, like, yeah. Gosh, they talk like the principal from High School Musical, where he's like, what the frickin' heck is going on here? Well, yeah, David, clearly what happened was you've been browsing something awful without an account and have caught the lovely uh, curse filter, which is what you think that, right? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> I did have an account. It was called Ghost Detective. Jordan, you actually remember you? That was a webcomic idea I had about a detective who was a ghost. Yeah. Named Ghost Detective. I remember more about that than you think, actually. Oh, God. Wait, one of these days we need to ask Patreon just talk about some projects like Cracker Fist and White Lightning versus the Space Draculas. <laughs> these are all amazing ideas that we came up with in high school. Just real. Yeah. This, yeah. If you can't had- tell, they were thought of by high schoolers. I know this may <laughs> shock you. <laughs> But you know what else might shock me is talking about this series. So why don't we go into the manga details? That pun would have made a lot more sense if this was Red Sprite. But go on. Can I offer you a cranberry Red Sprite? Mm-hmm. That was so close to being the cover art it was LeBron James. <laughs> but there is actually a listener. If you look at the Red Sprite art, there is actually a Sprite can hidden in it. An Easter egg. Cover art for this one will be really fun. Uh, Chip, I can send it to you afterward. Mm. Much like, uh, remember when Jennifer was like, I know what I want to draw for double arts. Shana was like, our, our current artist was like, I know what I'm going to do. And I was like, all right, why don't you draw that and what I suggested? And you could tell the level of effort was way higher in her idea. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, just do it because you're going to definitely phone it in, which is fair because you really, really want to draw pretty cure. But I just don't know anything about it. <laughs> You'll have to be a patron if you want to see what the other idea was. It was uh, pretty sweet. That's a fitting word. Hey, we'll just have a drinking game for this episode. Just drink whenever I make a really terrible candy pun. Oh, I'm going to get so wasted. Yeah, you're going to be snickering the whole time. Hey, oh, okay. bazinga. All right. But anyway, speaking of clever jokes, this series name is apparently some sort of really cool pun, which means candy fall. It's one of those things where like you just can't translate it. So it's unfortunate. Tucker, thank you so much for pointing that out. I really appreciate it. Tucker for reference. Grant. Uh, sorry, not Grant. Chip. My apologies. I can't. My Internet legends confuse <laughs> <laughs> Chip, sorry. We have a friend of the sh- or someone who works on the show, Tucker, who actually provides us with information like translation notes, how to pronounce names, just because he was really fed up of how badly I butchered names. So he was like, I will give you guides to how to say these character names. Right. So he is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. 
Candy Fall is my uh, my favorite Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the series was created by Takagushi Ippon, who wrote it, and Mitarashi Santa, though uh, Santa's real name is actually Sigiyoma Yuta. But as far as we're aware, neither of them have done anything else. So this was actually quite an impressive first series, especially yeah. compared to some other first mm-hmm. like. Um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Chip, I don't know how well versed you are in manga in particular, uh, so I can just I can tell you if there's any famous authors that we have actually read the works of before they really made it big, if you're curious. I read manga, but I'm not so into it that I, I have a super extensive knowledge about, you know, the various authors and all that. So I have a lot of gaps in my knowledge. So just for an example, some of the bigger series, we read one of the first series by the person who made JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Black Clover, and My Hero Academia. Okay. I don't think we liked any of those <laughs> four manga that we read. No, no. Cool Shark BT was interesting. Cool Shark BT was both good and bad in a very JoJo way, you know? Yes. Like, it was really cool to read as a fan of JoJo, but no, the guy who made My Hero Academia, his first two projects were just worse than this, just straight up, no. And not to brag, Jordan literally said in our Chibi episode, the protagonist of Hungry Joker is probably the most irritating protagonist, (laughs) the protagonist who would least like to go on a date with. Now, hold on. That was made by the guy who did Black Clover. But which is one of the things I mentioned. Oh, okay, I missed that part. But yeah, (laughs) that guy sucked. He wore a face mask on his chin. (laughs) What? For some reason. And this was way before COVID. So which is good, I guess. Right. He did, didn't he? Anyway, so this ran from April 19, 2021 to September 13, 2021, making this the most recently canceled series in Shonen Jump. And I believe it was canceled to make way for PPPPPPP, which we actually have a bonus episode out about our impressions. It is literally chip about a person who is an octuplet and he is the only one without musical talent or hmm. does he? You'll have to read it and find <laughs> out, but you shouldn't because it was really shitty. <laughs> Sorry, um, definitely I'm feeling the tiredness from this weekend. It was a, it was a good wedding though. Congratulations, David. Thank you. Um, yeah. David didn't get married. This was not him. <laughs> Any, let's move on. To the yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> By the way, Chip, just a heads up. We do fully edit it. So if you ever feel like you need something to be scratched or you okay. want to re-say something, no problem. I can always just edit out the prior audio. So don't feel like you only have one shot at saying it. Sure. Okay, cool. Say all the slurs you want. We'll just cut them out. All right. Nice. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> no, just eventually, Chip, Chip, why did you say that? That's not okay, man. We just insert like a bunch of clips of, of us going, no, Chip, no, don't say that. <laughs> you never want to meet people that you looked up to in any way on the internet because they will always let you down if you meet them. <laughs> yeah. It turns out Chip was the actual writer of Tokyo Shinobi Squad. Oh, <laughs> Which was a really, really racist manga we read. Oh, man. If we get into that, we're never going to finish on time. Yeah, no, let's go. (laughs) So speaking of finishing, this was 19 chapters over three volumes, making it just about average because usually, Chip, for reference, most series minimum about 16 chapters. Mm -hmm. So 18 is like, yeah, let's see where it goes. And they're like, nope. Okay. And then uh, why don't we actually find out what happened in those 19 chapters as we get into the plot summary that Jordan has so kindly written. So Jordan, why don't you start us all off with your fantastic, ever so sweet plot summary? 
I would love to, David. Cindy's Toy Toy Candy is a line of sweets that give you superpowers, which is why, shortly after they were released, Tokyo was destroyed by lollipops. Sumigi Minase is a young high school girl who loves sweets and has lollipop powers, making her a suspect in that destruction of Tokyo, because apparently in this world, every sweet user is supposed to have unique powers, so like there's only one lollipop user and stuff, you know. For that reason, she is tailed by Misaki Midori, an agent of the Sweets Police, or the Lechet. Lechet? Lechet? Reset. Sumugi saves his life, revealing her secret but gaining his trust. Soon, however, after being defeated by a much stronger Reset agent named Irie, who uses ice cream powers, Sumugi reveals that she wants to be a Reset agent to track down the evil lollipop user, and Irie agrees challenging her to complete the training. Popcorn David. Mmm. Samugi gets paired with Umiino, the cowardly son of the chief of Resetting. The exam is attacked by a popcorn and bubblegum users, respectively, who work for the lollipop user. Samugi fights them off, but the group then attacks them at school, trying to defeat Irei and Misaki, who they think is Samugi. Samugi fights them off, but the group then attacks them at school, trying to defeat Irie and Misaki, who they think is Samugi. Popcorn chip. Samugi and Irie successfully defeat them, but the Reset show up to take everyone, including Samugi, in for arrest. When suddenly Amato, the lollipop user who attacked Tokyo, shows up to destroy them, Samugi is losing until she turns her lollipops into fucking Gigantor and defeats him. Amazing. Right? <laughs> Two years later, Samugi is a member of the Reset, and Toy Toy technology is in the hands of the government. Don't worry about it. Yeah! <laughs> All right. <laughs> fucking Gigantor. Holy shit. Like, no, it was, like, it's just a fucking amazing. You may be thinking, oh, it's like a candy Gigantor. No, it's Gigantor. It's just Gigantor. It made me do a double take. Yeah, they're like, anything attached to a lollipop stick is a lollipop. So I'm just <laughs> so imagining good. someone making like a, you know, there's like sandwich like alignments, but it's with lollipops. Oh, God. Anything made out of solid matter with a stick on it is a lollipop. <laughs> It's like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Is Gigantor a lollipop? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Oh, man. Now we have to make one of those for this series. I'm back on board with these really boring arguments that people have in offices. (laughs) As long as I can bring in the Gigantor factor into it. Is Gigantor a sandwich? (laughs) Well, boring conversations are less boring when you're talking about, like, uh, Japanese giant robots, like something like Gigantor, (laughs) Voltron or some (laughs) shit. That's good. That's that's very fair. It's a shame that most people won't engage with that at all. It's it's a shame because it's a lot of fun. Breaks my heart. It's why normies are the worst. Ah, those normies. It's your fault Candy Flurry got canceled. (laughs) Someone said the term normie at my friend's wedding on Saturday, and Rachel, my girlfriend, was like, what's a normie? And I was like, someone who is not me. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Hey. It's true. So let's get into the characters then. So I'll just start off things with the main character, Samugi uh, Minase. So normal high school girl, loves sweets, but also has superpowers where she can control lollipops. What a lollipop is, as you see, changes based on the nature of the series. She has to keep it a secret for most of it because she has a i guess rival who has identical powers which violates the power system chip are you familiar with one piece at all only very passing out so it's i've been intimidated by one piece because over a thousand chapters yeah i saw a few episodes of the four kids version when it first came out 20 years ago or whatever and i was just like i don't like this and then everyone kept talking about how good it was for the last 20 years i'm like oh i guess it is good I'm scared to start it, though. 
The four kids dub is the reason why Naruto got more popular than One Piece in the US. Like, I swear, that's like the only reason. Okay. Oh, it's 100%. But the main reason I bring that up is just One Piece has a power system called Double Fruits, where there's a bunch of fruit and you eat it and it gives you a power and mm. no two people can have the same power. Hmm, right. I wonder where the series got that idea. Mm. The series basically tells you that it's from One Piece because one of the big things with the naming conventions of the fruits is that it's all like uh, the gum gum fruit or um, I forget all the other fruits. Yeah, like the dice dice fruit lets you turn yourself into to weapons. The flare flare fruit lets you control fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they started out by going, uh, the toy toy candy gives you superpowers. I feel like it's so blatant that like it's no, that's the author telling us. Yes, I know. I know this is one piece. Let's just move past it. You get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, though, she's very nice and wholesome. She takes care of this pig dog thing. Just a nice person, really caring and wants to make a difference. But it's really interesting how she really is in this unfortunate situation where she just by chance is the one person in the world that has the same power as someone else. And so it means she can't do any good because they even talk about how there's only five people in the entire org that likewise have candy powers. So she would have been an extremely helpful asset if she could have joined them if it wasn't for this big issue where everyone thinks she potentially killed hundreds of thousands of people. One of the things I really like about the series is how um, all the characters are basically teenagers. And in every other series, mm-hmm. like a teenager in a manga is typically like, like, you know, Jotaro, like, <laughs> oh, he's he's not a teenager. He's like clearly a 27 year old man pretending to be 15. But the teenagers in this series feel like teenagers because they're dumb in the way that kids are dumb. It's been a while since I read it and I've kind of cooled on it after a while, but it does remind me of how like goofy and stupid a lot of the the kids in my hero academia can be Mm. and i'm probably gonna bring up that specifically a couple times because well i know that a lot of shonen stuff and manga have a lot of tropes that they share between them there's just enough things in this that makes me think that was a big influence for this specifically Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I got a lot of My Hero Academia vibes from like a few things. Yeah. I completely see where you got that from. What I like about her is that like, she's not like a genius. I describe Hunter Hunter as a manga where everybody is a fucking genius. Yeah. And she's just kind of clever and like has her wits about her in like a realistic way. She's cute. She knows she's cute and she gets and she uses the cuteness to get ahead <laughs> in life, you know? I mean, that's the problem with the series jumping is that they couldn't show her playing around with her powers and evolving. It's like, imagine One Piece where so, for instance, Chip, uh, Luffy, his ability is rubber, and mm-hmm. over time he really plays on it. He's so like, made of rubber! How did that happen? So, like, one thing he does in the series is he's like, wait, my entire body's made of rubber, that means my blood is rubber, so I can actually over-oxygenate my blood cells because they can stretch on, like, a normal human, <laughs> oh and my so God. I can increase my metabolism to move faster, Whoa. which doesn't make a ton of sense, but there's enough suspension of dis- belief where you're like sure in one piece world makes sense he can do that so that's how he gets super speed which is why the ending no, that's, that's uh, yeah sorry continue oh i thought you were about to reveal the ending of one piece oh no no uh sorry stephen paul um official one piece editor he's unfortunately not on the show but we'll see if he can tag mm. in uh mm. but yeah so just like that evolution where she's like anything with a stick i think if you had had two years of build up to that end moment yeah it would have made total sense and so it's clearly the author knew that was an area he wanted to play with which is just unfortunate the series did end really before you could see that one maturity it's yeah. like how with iron knight the main character evolved his powers way too fast it's like the second chapter he's already playing around with what his powers mean and i'm like you haven't even shown us what you can do with the fundamentals and we now you're showing us rule breaking which is really frustrating which is also one of the reasons why 
fucking Build King is the worst series of all time where oh, God. the next chapter they talk about exceptions <laughs> to the power system. You didn't even show us the power system being played straight before showing us exception. Oh God. It's like, okay, now look. You know how this is a black and white manga? Well, he, well, it turns out that, like, every one of us have powers that are linked to a color. Mm-hmm. Then, like, the next chapter, it's like, oh, I don't have one color. I have rainbow. What? That's some elementary school playground crap, <laughs> right? It's terrible. So, though, do you guys have anything else you want to say about the main character? Or do you guys want to jump to the next person? One last thing. I appreciate how a... Uh, how Sumugi is drawn as a cute high school girl mm-hmm. without being drawn as a sexy high school girl. That was a breath of fresh air in reading Shonen Jump that you show me <laughs> a 15 year old who is supposed to be attractive without drawing her in a way that is supposed to be like super lewd and weird. I did appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that was also something I noted, especially because even just a, like one or two chapters in, I was just like, mm, this feels like it's inspired by my hero academia how many chapters would you have to go before we get a little too creepy with all these characters that are underage and it didn't really happen right like uh how my hero has that one character where they had to censor her outfit in china because it's too revealing and this character is 16 which makes you think maybe this character should just have not had an outfit that looked like that mm-hmm, totally mm-hmm. chip do you mind going into i guess your thoughts of the secondary protagonist uh mizaki Yeah, Misaki Midori. So this character shows up and is part of the Sweets Police, also known as Reset. The Sweets Police fight with... (laughs) (laughs) I actually like this aspect. So they fight with giant utensils. Specifically, he has a giant fork. Other characters have different food utensils. And it's not just like a normal fork. It's like a really fancy like fork. Yeah. He sucks at school, uh, hates sweets. He saw the the destruction of Tokyo when it was annihilated by lollipops. Devastation. The devastation of Tokyo. (laughs) Lollipops are very clearly a a metaphor for nukes, uh, much like Godzilla. Oh, yeah. And Misaki was another character that I thought was fairly solid and I enjoyed, you know, despite not having a huge amount of time with them. So every character, Misaki included, has like a couple gags associated with them. And they're all pretty decent gags, I think, that maybe happen a couple too many times without changing up. But this manga does feel, especially like Misaki and a couple other characters, that is trying to introduce certain tropes that you are used to and then maybe kind of twist it just a tiny bit and have something happen that you weren't entirely expecting because when you see Misaki first show up I thought he was going to be the really cool kick-ass police guy who is you know has had the practice and training that the protagonist doesn't and therefore he's more powerful to start but he's eventually superseded by the protagonist just because she's got the raw talent or something like that no he's he's not great (laughs) you think he's gonna be like Suzaku or whatever from uh Code Geass is that his name David you would know yeah that's sure sure I haven't seen that series since high school, speaking of high school. Yeah, I think uh, the last time I saw it was at your house. <laughs> Jordan really peaks when he comes over to my parents' house. <laughs> it's just when, uh, when a lot of our, our stories align, David, you know? <laughs> our origin. But yeah, so um, as you were saying, though. I like Midori. He's, he's like uh, too good for his own good, and he's also stupid. In like, like there's a moment where um, Irie is like asking him to accompany her very clearly because she's trying to suss out if Sumugi is the lollipop user or not. And Midori like completely agrees to it, completely oblivious to the obvious situation where she's trying to do this. (laughs) 
Yeah. But my favorite thing that happens with him is that um, in order to throw the reset off of her trail, Sumugi just says that everybody who she defeated was actually defeated by Midori. So everybody just starts thinking, oh, Midori, you're amazing. You're really He's good. the best. I wish I was Midori. <laughs> and he just gets, he just feels so guilty. About- it's a pretty solid gag. And they, they played up more by having him get into a fight with an enemy that is very, very powerful. And everyone is watching him in this fight. It's like, oh, yay, you know, Midori's here. And he just gets rocked in one punch. And even the bad guy is just like, what? The bad guy starts like standing up for him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've just realized, have you guys noticed that I feel like this series is like one of the dumbest average intelligence of everyone in a setting? Like, I'm pretty sure everyone in this series probably capped out at like a 95 IQ. (laughs) There's a lot of critical thinking that like if characters were doing a lot of this plot wouldn't work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. They're dumb in in the way that that like teenagers are like they're not they're not stupid. They're just like very immature and beholden to their immediate emotions. So instead of Hunter Hunter, they're dumber, dumber. Yeah. (laughs) Dumber x dumber. (laughs) A lot of these characters clearly don't think things through all the way. Like they have a good idea or something, but they don't Mm -hmm. reach its logical conclusion. So they end up doing dumb crap. I want to bring up my favorite gag with Midori actually is the bit Mm -hmm. where he's trying to stand up for Samugi, who is being asked out by a guy for like the 37th time. And he's (laughs) really far away down the hallway. And he's just like, hey, she said no. Hold on. And he just like walks down down the hallway because he's such a goody two-shoes that he won't even run even though he's yelling <laughs> real loud no running in school yeah no he's not, he's not gonna break a rule for this come on <laughs> that gag was pretty decent very stressful power walking yeah, yeah. oh he's great I, I like him what's that movie where it's like the principal is like trying to catch someone but he doesn't want people to know it so he's like running and then when he walks past the classroom he walks and you just see oh. him running stopping it's like that scene but i can't remember to like me where that's from yeah someone in the discord that's listening it's sadly we don't have our person in the chair we t wolfwood who as a patron he listens to us record our chibi so he gives us like notes during the chibi if we forget something like that he's our producer Except he pays to be our producer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he pays to be our uh, producer. But (laughs) why don't we dive into Irei, which I think was definitely one of my favorite characters. But Jordan, I'll give you the honor as my beloved co-host that doesn't have to pay to be on the show yet to talk about her. Oh, thank God. Can't afford to be on here. (laughs) Irie is like a super powerful reset agent. Like uh, Misaki is one star. She is three star. Like she is actually stronger than Sumugi is. Yeah. But her whole thing is that she she has ice cream powers. Uh, Sorbet powers. Oh, sorbet powers. Yeah, I apologize. Which makes a lot more sense with Mm -hmm. how she was using it. Yeah. What is it? They they say she's one of the five Stella Enchermont. Like, I don't. There are five reset agents that have food powers and she's one of Oh, what I love about her is that the series keeps uh, being coy about whether uh, whether or not she's actually really good at her job. <laughs> she she's really dumb and forgetful, except when she isn't. Yeah. Or is she? Sumugi is constantly like, oh, she's really good at this. Oh, wait, no, she, she isn't. She'll just like forget her backpack mm-hmm. at headquarters or something when she was supposed to. There's one moment where she's sitting there at the, uh, she's sitting at like a table and they're discussing plans and she's like, mm, I see. 
I see. And then you find out that she's just fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah. I think the very first instance of that joke is still one of my favorite ones, which is just that she's getting introduced for the first time talking to someone else from Reset. And she is clearly drawn in the way you expect her type of character to be drawn, where they're usually a little bit more in shadow. They're drawn with like the camera kind of lower and looking up at them. They have their chin tilted up. They're looking down at you. She does Gendo Ikari face from Ava. Yeah. And there's a, a good bit where it's she seems like super confident and maybe even like a little crazy mm -hmm. and then there's just like a panel of whoever she was talking to looking at her feet she's wearing mismatched socks and they're just like it's called fashion honey yeah did you know that you're wearing the wrong socks and she's just like Heh. pushes her glasses up i forgot <laughs> <laughs> it's really good she has complete confidence in saying, I was stupid. I put the wrong socks on. And it's the joke that I think maybe recurs the most, but it was also the one that I was still happy seeing every time because it was just a pretty solid joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. It managed to come out of no, not, not not out of nowhere, but it managed to like, like you weren't always expecting it when it showed up. Yeah. Her parents also had a very similar gag that I like. They are so wholesome. She comes home early from school because it, it's a flashback and she realizes this time that she had different mismatched, she had mismatched socks and her mom is just like... <laughs> Really? At your age, you really forgot that you left your socks off? That's because you're the best girl! You're just such a sweet, wonderful girl! It's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate how at first you think her dad's gonna be like this abusive asshole, but he actually is just as supportive as her really nice mom. <laughs> yeah. She definitely has probably the nicest overall parent. It's great. We have people like standout dads, but I don't think we've ever had it where both the mom and the dad were just really, really, just really nice parents. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, except for, you know, that manga, David, high school family is what <laughs> I was. But that's not a filmmaker. <laughs> oh, well, if you're talking about flops and yeah, sure. <laughs> Chip, by the way, high school family was the series we did with Grant. I remember seeing a couple pages of it, at least, and it did seem pretty funny. Like something I needed to check out. Was Grant like, you got to get on this Gomez shit. <laughs> He's just such a good boy. The best cat. <laughs> I really got to talk about the popcorn user, David. Oh, God. Fine. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I love the popcorn user. So they're attacked by one of the bad guys who who uses popcorn kernels. Like he throws kernels of corn at you and then they burst into popcorn and it's like an explosion which is kind of clever but when he shows up he's dressed all goth he's got like a symbol for his face on his shirt that like <laughs> looks like his head and Sumugi is immediately like right before attacking him just starts going like you look like a loser did you did you make that yourself that's so lame and he's like well I didn't choose to wear this all my clothes were in the wash and then the next time we see him he's like gotten way more fashionable he's got like this uh sports coat it's like yeah i got a good fashion sense on uh, this time and then <laughs> he's fighting a guy and the guy's like wait a minute you just look average now and he's like well she called me a loser and he's like well if you change your whole style because someone calls you a loser doesn't that make you like a real total loser just totally devastates him it's great I feel like he and the dude from Double Taisei, which is another fucking crazy makeup about Japanese chess, <laughs> he would definitely get along with the dude who only wore like the bodysuit and only said his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He puts like more and more bondage, but then at the point, he literally is just wearing like a sack over his body. <laughs> and then it becomes like a fashion trend in like the time skip where everyone <laughs> is just wearing these sacks over their heads like five years in the future. 
Double Tie Say was good, actually. <laughs> it's a good series. That's one of my favorite episodes. We had Tim Bat from The Worst Idea of All Time, if you've heard of that. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear a charming New Zealand voice in my terrible attempt at a New Zealand accent where oh my God, Tim Bat said, I don't know what you just said when I tried. <laughs> I did not either. Nobody did. <laughs> I thought about editing out, but I got to, you know, it's, we, we take our L's in stride on this show. <laughs> Much like how I think, why don't we talk about some of the things that didn't go so well with Candy Flurry? That was a good transition. Even I was like fucking killing it. So Chip, do you mind telling us kind of what really stood out to you with some things about the series that it really just didn't do very well? It felt like it didn't fully commit to the whole candy power it was in a weird tonal region where it almost felt like parody of some other manga, but it was playing it pretty straight and it just didn't lean hard enough into either being a serious version of People with Candy Powers or a parody version of People with Powers. Yeah. And so because it was just in the middle, it felt a little bland, a little like undercooked, maybe feels like a first draft of a better idea. Yeah. Which was their first work, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What really depresses me about this series is that I felt like it was getting there. Yes. If this had had probably another 20 chapters, this could have been an interesting series. This is one of the first manga that I've read for this se- for this show where I started getting angry as I was finishing it because I was just like, no, no, it can't end like this. No, <laughs> no, please, no, more. I need more time, more time. But it didn't have a chance to really uh, show it to really show itself, you know? Yeah, the author clearly was like, I have a bunch of cool ideas, I'm just going to burn them, which I get, but it also means and then the series as an actual package now has to be viewed for the window of the author clearly wrote it knowing he was ending rather than trying to make a comprehensive story, which is very difficult, but it does mean that the last three chapters really are a very serious degrading quality. Yeah. I don't know if I would say if I would say the last few chapters were degrading in quality. I feel I mean, first of all, Gigantor, excuse me, Gigantor <laughs> disagrees with you. <laughs> OK, sure. But you can absolutely tell that there was a point where the author was like, I'm not going to get enough time to really go into this the mo- as much as I can. So like the bad guys show up way too fast. They kind of show up out of yeah. nowhere because, you know, again, this series was not paced to be a 19 chapter series. Because nobody starts their series in Shonen Jump thinking, oh, it's only going to go 19 chapters. I do want to circle back where I think, Chip, you made a really fantastic point where this series just doesn't feel like a series where people have candy powers. There's almost no mm-hmm. mention of it. You can go chapters and you kind of just forget because not enough people have these powers. There's no cultural resonance. I wanted to see people casually using their powers because she could have gotten her cream puff from some dude who has cream puff powers. Yeah. That would have been really interesting. But no, it's literally five people in this series have those powers. If I remember correctly, isn't it like there's only 100 people total that have these powers? Yeah. It's absurd that they limited themselves like that. I agree if there were more uh, more candy powers. I think the author was trying to do a thing where it's like, no, it's much more realistic. Because it seems like up until Tokyo was destroyed by lollipops, we're basically supposed to, we're, uh, supposed to think of it as being like a completely normal real world. Mm-hmm. Which is, though, why this idea works well in One Piece is you have other interesting elements to the series besides needing to lean on the power system being the only thing that makes the series interesting. Well, I don't think it's the only thing that makes the series interesting, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. But we're, we're in the negative section right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Jordan. <laughs> I like this series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a real sour sucker. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Whatever, yeah. I thought you were more of a jolly rancher kind of uh, guy. 
Speaking of, where were the food puns? I'm glad there weren't as many food puns as you want, David. That would have really ruined Hassan the series. Nodding his head, he's like, "This man gets it." <laughs> Fucking love Hassan. David, you say that as if you, as if Hassan is any more obsessed with food puns as you than you. Hassan and I are like the pun kings of the Discord, <laughs> so don't even start with saying Hassan would not approve of that. <laughs> you should make a show with him called uh, Pun. Eh? We're going to call it The eh? Punishment, and it's just me and Hassan making puns and you being tormented by us. <laughs> oh, speaking of, we haven't commented on the fact that Chip is a food name on <laughs> no! this series. Whoa. Chip! <laughs> I double-checked and I was like, no one has mentioned that his, we're, we have a guest named Chip for Candy Flurry, right? <laughs> What would chip powers be then? Ooh. You would manifest chips. No, British chips or American chips? American chips. Mm. Mm. It's all potatoes anyway. Yeah. He's a potato mancer. I'm imagining throwing Pringles like throwing stars. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so deadly, but so delicious. You make a series about chip, just fan fiction in the candy floor universe for you. Oh, uh, yeah. Or One Piece for eight, the chip chip fruit. <laughs> chip cheese them so you would have Doritos. Cheesy Doritos. Yeah. The, the actual origin of my username was, was just because I was in eighth grade and I was eating a lot of cheese flavored Pringles. So there you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Those things are disgusting. Anyway, though, my last note is I still also feel like I know this series Lampshades Manga, like it's a soft parody, but I just didn't think that it was a good cover for the fact that sometimes the writing was just very fast paced and very disjointed where characters would kind of just say an idea to advance a plot, but it didn't feel like they were organically having a conversation. And people yeah. would make fun of that. They're like, you're just saying exposition. I'm like, that's great. But you can't use that as your crutch as much as you are to excuse poor writing. Look at the parody style of, say, scary movie versus... What's like a Black Dynamite? Where Black Dynamite is a very well-made movie, but it is still a very much a parody of black exploitation. While scary movies are really kind of almost like sketch comedies where they just stack jokes on top of each other without actually making a comprehensive movie. Mm-hmm. To be fair, scary movie is better than like the date movie stuff. You got to separate the way oh, and yeah, stuff yeah. from the Setzer and Friedberger stuff. But yeah, I see what you mean. And yeah, it, this series does kind of have a little bit of a pacing issue. Um, like all of a sudden it turns into like an exam arc. Which always kills the memento of every manga. Ever. Yeah. I feel like, you know, they probably didn't know that it was going to be getting canceled by the time they reached that because it was only like four chapters in or something. But that's got to be real rough when, oops, you only got 19 chapters to work with and you made two or three of them an exam arc. It's why Red Hood might die because they literally were like four chapters in exam arc time. And I think My Hero Academia is the only series that had an exam arc that early in the series and survived. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they the My Hero Academia thing, like it didn't just jump into an exam arc it had like a whole previous section where like it went into midori like really working on himself and all might like yeah all might and midori like really uh, building up towards it and stuff so when it, the exam arc happens there is a payoff you know which is fair. Mm -hmm. But again, which is why it probably survived. Half that's what I'm saying. I think that's why it worked more. Yeah. But you're right. Whenever you see an exam arc or a tournament arc super early in a series, it immediately feels like desperation. Yeah. Like One Piece literally went 600 chapters without a tournament arc. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the tournament arc is probably in one of the worst arcs. I agree. So did you guys have any other quick thoughts before we migrate into the positives? 
the art was really uneven. Yeah. Uh, there were some times where I thought the, the art looked pretty, you know, either just okay. And then there's a couple panels that I actually kind of really liked just from the, the layout of that, like the action they were showing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of the times it was just people, their heads were a little big and their hands were a little tiny and they're in like skinny, skinny little fingers. Very tiny feet. Basically no feet. Just feels like an artist that needs a little bit more experience under their belt, really. Yeah. Either that or they were drawing it real fast. <laughs> well, based on the mango schedule, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, they had yeah. they kind of look like bobbleheads as we talked about in the chibi. So I won't go over that again. But that's a really great point about the art as well. Mm-hmm. I have mostly positives to say about this. So I'm good to go into uh, the next section. Why don't we uh, get into the sweet parts of this series as we talked about what it did well. Take a look. It's in a book, Candy Flurry. <laughs> Hosted by Jordan, who's leading this section. <laughs> One of the issues uh, that, we've, that we've brought up is how the series kind of walks this fine line between being uh, like an out-and-out parody and being like a serious action thing. I actually think it does a good job there. I see why it doesn't appeal to as many people. If it leaned into a gag manga, for instance, then people, more people would know what to do with it. Like, I think that might be one of the bigger re- issues with it is a lot of people didn't know what yeah. to do with it. But regardless, I really liked what it was doing. I thought it was very interesting. It was, um, it was very campy and not in a bad way, not in like a, a so bad it's good way. I, I mean, it was just like, it cared way more about the characters than the world. And I think that that really works for me. Like, that's why I, th- I think that's why I liked I Tell C when you didn't. Yeah. All I need for the world is that like, oh, it's just kind of a heightened, weird place where funny things happen. Like when gi- when the Gigantor shit happened, I completely accepted it because I thought it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I accept a lot of the other shit that happens here because it's it's funny. I really liked how flawed and stupid a lot of the villains were. It, it made them weirdly sympathetic. Like they're the bad guys, but like you can't really hate them. Like they're not bad people. It's it's like that Zangief clip from uh, Wreck-It Ralph where like, just because you are a bad guy does not mean you are a bad guy. Like that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, everyone was just goofy. Like it's weird that the series like starts with like hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> and the rest of the series is very like low stakes, goofy. And it's it's a very strange element, but I know we're in the positive, so... Strange doesn't mean bad, it just means kind of kind of strange, you know? Yeah. You committed genocide, but you got to look at inside of who is the bad guy. <laughs> well, hey, at least the bad guy was still the bad guy, you know? That's true, that's true. You could easily make any one of these characters cry by just making fun of them too much. Like, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no bully in the series. But Chip, how about you? What were some positives that stood out to you? Yeah, so this is a bit more of a minor thing, but I thought this manga at the start had a couple of really effective page turns in it. Specifically when you first start up, which also this is a, another thing, uh, the, the first page and then the splash page that follows actually look great because they're yeah. in color. Mm-hmm. Like I know manga are black and white, but if this whole thing could have been in color like that, Ooh. that would have been pretty awesome. I actually talked about in the Chibi episode how that was really something I had wished for was the whole this series would have been terrific full color. Yeah. So I'm glad we're on the same page. So I feel like I've just been noticed by Senpai. Jordan, <laughs> suck it. You did it, David. Congratulations. 
I love the the very first page turn of like you're starting out with Samugi like as a little girl like you know thinking to herself about you know the the proper like steps you take to like enjoy a lollipop and then you turn the page and it's this actually pretty great looking splash page of her crashing down from the top of a skyscraper to mm-hmm. slam a giant lollipop on top of a dude who has become gigantic and surrounded himself with donut armor. <laughs> <laughs> that actually grabbed me really well and then just a few pages later when it's you're kind of getting the the world building page you know it's talking about oh if you ate a toy toy candy you know you got candy powers or whatever and it's it sounds like a dream but it was real and because of that you turn the page tokyo was decimated and it's just a full <laughs> page of tokyo just completely flattened covered in lollipops and that also got me pretty good it's just like okay this is weird but that actually that's a pretty solid couple of first pages to to get me invested uh and what this thing's trying to do. And yeah, it, I really enjoyed that the beginning of this. That was a great page. Yeah, this series had a lot of just really great individual moments and a lot of really terrific art when the characters weren't looking kind of weird. Yeah. I will say I do like the general design is very simplistic. The actual rendering is a little bit shaky. The artist mm-hmm. absolutely could go back and yeah, like it does kind of look like first drafty in a lot of ways. But like the way that they're drawn, I feel is itself pretty expressive. And I think it works well with this with um, the tone that the series is going for. Mm-hmm. Also have to say there are, all, there are these little moments. They happen a lot towards the end of the series, especially where people just start arguing about what candy even is. <laughs> yeah. Is great. Popcorn isn't even a candy. I get they explain it, but I was like, well, clearly chip, someone could have had chip power. Yeah, they could yep. have. Absolutely. But like there's a moment where um, Sumugi and the popcorn guy just start arguing about whether lollipops are better than popcorn or not. Like, I really like that it isn't just that she has lollipop powers. She also loves lollipops. Like she legitimately yeah. is a fan of them. And he isn't just a popcorn user. He also really likes popcorn. <laughs> That's fair. And they're very passionate about it. And like, how dare you say that about a lollipop? Are you too stupid to know how to eat a lollipop (laughs) come on yeah (laughs) which is great (laughs) yeah that makes a lot of sense i think those are some really great points so why don't we speaking of just kind of oh oh oh. one of the one of the things i really liked was during thanks jordan yeah sorry i screwed up your whole thing i'll bring it up later just keep going no it's fine just go just do it one of the things i really liked in the uh in the exam arc is they they punish sumugi and this other guy because the other guy is like late and like uh, like pushing their hand to try and let him join and stuff like that so the whole thing is like okay everybody for this stage of the reset exam you gotta attack these people and then you can skip the, the written exam so then you just see all of the other students immediately attack them and every time they do they're just like no written exam no written exam no written exam i just really like that that's great, bud. That's great. So anyway, I have much better transition than Jordan ruined it. So anyway, let's go into <laughs> where it could have gone. Where Jordan, I believe you wanted to run this section, so I will lead it to you. I mean, it's pretty clear that the author did not intend for uh, after the initial attack that uh, Amato would just show up and end the whole series, you know? Yeah. It seemed way more like he was trying to push the series so that it would be one where Sumugi would join the reset and then go on investigations and try and figure out 
who is behind all this and who the can who the lollipop user is. And meanwhile, we see the lo the lollipop user six his the rest of his gang on us, and it's clearly a bunch of users that we had not been introduced yet to. There was a chocolate bar user and stuff. I think maybe that was a there was a licorice user there. It's kind of hard to tell in black and white what he was using, but it just seems obvious to me that we got a clearly vastly sped up ending to this and the author was not happy with it i don't blame him yeah i totally agree uh, i think as we tend to talk about i really wanted them to go all in with the candy style yeah i think my hero academia by everyone's candy powers would have been cool just show people casually using it show cultural change that people have candy powers mm -hmm. and then also have an arc before the training exam mm. not that hard have some bad guy or something like naruto had a really awesome arc before the training exam and that's why people didn't care that they had a training test as their second because the first arc did everything you needed out of the series before they had the test ex the test arc yeah just felt like that training arc was just like well how do i introduce the you know dozens of other characters i've thought up that will be the supporting cast i know <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple really really minor characters that had shown up throughout this thing that i did kind of want to see where they would have gone with them because there's definitely a couple characters you could tell was like oh that's supposed to be kind of the bakugo of the group oh that guy yeah <laughs> i totally agree that one uh, Umino guy who was like crying because he couldn't, he tried to look cool and failed miserably. Yeah, he definitely would have played a much larger part in this series. I did like that ga that gag of him trying to be like almost self-sacrificing, but it was actually just a ploy to get a girl he likes to see him on a security camera to think he was cool. And the camera was broken anyway, yeah. <laughs> and he, he refused to look in the direction of the camera because then he wouldn't look cool. <laughs> oh, before I forget, also, I think they should have just gotten rid of the whole gimmick of the character having to hide her powers. They're like, well, we have this mm. really cool power system. Let's have it that she uses it as little as possible, which I think was just an absolutely atrocious idea. I didn't have an issue with that idea because I felt like it worked fine in the tone they were doing. I think that if they were doing a series where the entire world was much more based around candy powers, then I might agree with you. But since it was a lot rarer, a lot more of a special thing, I feel like if she was using it all the time, it wouldn't be as interesting. Like there are moments where when she shows up and she's got the lollipop out, it's like, oh shit, it's on. Nah, uh, fine, fine. <laughs> I'm fine. All right. Chip, how about you? I was okay with the whole hiding the powers thing as long as, you know, you eventually get like the catharsis or the or the satisfaction out of, okay, well, she's going to have to break this rule and just have the whole world know she's got this power because she did, you know, she does some big stunt that saves the day or or whatever. I think yeah. I, I think that's fine. Take that, David. Sorry, I, I was very neutral on the, the hiding the powers thing. Like it was kind of satisfying where it's like, okay, she's breaking the rule and popping out the, the lollipop. Like it does give you moments where it's like there is a big fight in the that school or whatever and people are getting their asses kicked and then she comes in to interrupt the fight and she does this by being one floor up and she shoves the, the <laughs> giant stick of the lollipop through and then there's a hole where just one eye, one of her eyes is peering through and she looks real tough and that was pretty cool. Yeah. So it, yeah. it does get you some moments like that at least. I guess it's more like a two-parter where I want You're wrong, David! You're wrong! No, it's fine. <laughs> Shut up, Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's also like I wanted them to be more expressive of everyone just using their powers. So that's, mm -hmm. I guess, kind of a two part where I wanted both a world kind of like MHA with My Hero Academia. So then she didn't need to be so restrictive of her powers because I actually, to be honest, I forgot that it is built in the series. Very few people have these powers. 
Yeah. But I think that are some great points. So why don't we just go to miscellaneous thoughts um, and then we can start wrapping this episode up. How's that sound? Yeah. So Chip, take us away with your miscellaneous thoughts. There's a lot of fun candy powers you could have that, you know, <laughs> unfortunately never got explored. There's one I just want to bring up because I, it just suddenly made me remember a very old candy commercial. Do you remember well over a decade ago, there was a Fruit by the Foot commercial where two kids are in a duel with replacing things in reality with Fruit by the Foot? No. Two kids going back and forth, like in just a featureless room going like, I replace your fingernails with Fruit by the Foot. And then the other kid just has Fruit by the Foot fingernails that are super long oh. and the kids just like oh you know good boo well i replace your shoes with fruit by the foot and so the kids wearing fruit by the foot shoes and it keeps escalating more and more until it's like well i replace and this literally happens one kid goes i replace your bones with fruit by the foot and then it just hard cuts this kid just being a pile of flesh on the floor because he doesn't have any more bones and then the very last move is just one kid going like i replace your dna with fruit by the foot and then it cuts to the kid and he's just a pile of fruit by the foot in clothing and he's dead. <laughs> I feel like I'm I could just got transported to a creepy pasta. It's real. It's fucking real. <laughs> Someone's just like, "No, man. This this like rare uh, this rare episode of The Simpsons, you know?" <laughs> and then my mom came in when I was watching the ad and she said I was just looking at static. Yeah, it was an ad during Candle Cove. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People remember but doesn't actually exist. <laughs> Chip, actually, that's a great segue because I personally had a similar thought where I was thinking of another commercial, the Skittles Touch, and I realized no one <laughs> oh. had this power. But it literally was a commercial about someone having a candy-based superpower, but no one in this series fucking could turn things into Skittles. Oh. And I was just, I don't know if that commercial was in Japan, but I was like, fuck, dude, that's literally your entire plot of the series. Oh, my God. reference it once. If you wanted to go lean slightly more into like the parody of it, whoever has the Skittles touch would be just the Tomura Shigaraki character from My Hero Academia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could make an entire manga just with powers from candy commercials, actually. Yeah. You know, you eat a gusher and it just turns your head into like whatever fruit that you just ate. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, my God. They're, they're all, they all look so horrifying. There's a Capri Sun <laughs> person. <laughs> There's a really great parody of that where it like goes really wrong. And I didn't realize it wasn't the actual commercial until like it started getting like really violent. And I was like, oh, oh I know what you're talking about. I gotta see that. <laughs> I don't even know if we should talk about any of our miscellaneous thoughts because this is just a really great area. Oh, I'll say one last one. I was really hoping there was going to be like a special ops team that uses chopsticks as their <laughs> yeah. utensils. Oh, man. Because originally I was like, oh, maybe there's like an Eastern branch. Where I'm like, wait, this is set in Japan where that would be the people that would use chopsticks instead of like knives and forks. Instead of the SWAT team, they could be the chop team. <sighs> Man, <laughs> I do want to say I noticed uh, one thing while I was going through the series. At one point, somebody is sitting on a box that has the Coca-Cola logo on it. Yeah. Which made me think like, wait, is there a soda user in this world? <laughs> Definitely. By candy, it's really just shorthand for junk food. There would totally be a reset agent with a straw. Yeah. Do you think the head of reset has like diabetes and that's why they hate people <laughs> because they power so much? Oh my God. Who is the diabetes guy? William? Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Wilford Brimley is the final boss of the series. 
<laughs> there is a surprising lack, I think, of Japanese snacks. Mm. There wasn't really any like Pocky or, you know, seaweed or base stuff or anything like that, which I thought would have shown up. But. I'm just imagining somebody like like a green arrow type person who reaches into his into like uh, his backpack and just pulls out Pocky that, and he uses it with a bow. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, this, is, this is good. This is good series. <laughs> God, you know what else is good? Us giving our final verdict. So why don't we turn to that? Okay. Now that we've moved into the final verdict, let's get into our six word summary where we actually have broken a record for the most fan submitted six word summaries, including someone who isn't even in our Discord, Jordan. Ooh. So for those who are unaware, we take fan six word summaries. All you have to do is just comment on it in the Discord when I'm like, hey, guys, I'm taking six word summaries. So if you haven't yet, there is a link to the Discord in our show notes or you can find it at Linktree. Mine personally was sweet, but with a lackluster filling. Mm. Okay, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Jordan's like, all right, yeah, you sure, bud. Mm -hmm. How about you? I'll do the fan ones after you guys. <laughs> Mine is, how is Voltron not a Snickers? <laughs> <laughs> I think I posted this on Twitter when I was even reading it, how I feel like Three Musketeers to Milky Way to Snickers feels like a Pokemon evolution line. Because <laughs> they just get more and more complex as a candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but how about you, Chip? It's close, but no candy cigar. Oh, fuck. That's definitely the best that's one. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> oh, man. That's at a really high standard. Let's see how these fan ones turned out. The first one is from The Laughing Fool. Candy is dandy. Liquor is quicker. Question mark. Mm. Then from T. Wolfwood. Lollipops are robotic mechs. Wait, what? Makes sense to me. Mm. Yeah. From Agpa. Sweet banter, but sticky everything else. Mm, that's a little gross. Mm. Mm. Sticky deeds done. Stick. Move on. <laughs> This one is from the actual Candy Flurry Discord. That guy JDS. Unique premise, bad execution, cute art. From Coltreg, aka the master of the book club, this sweet sure does really suck. Mm, hot take, but move on. Yeah. From Karima Duskalas. Uh, sorry if I butchered that. You know what you're getting into if you listen to the show. Lollipops really aren't that deep, bro. Disagree, but I, I respect your opinion. <laughs> from Tucker, sticks to page, not your brain. I feel like Tucker definitely is like, always gives us really good six word summaries, which makes sense. because uh, That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, Tucker's great. Yeah. From T. Root, how many licks did it take? And Chip <laughs> is like, holy shit, he was not kidding that he has a fuck ton of these. This is the last one though. From Daniel, a smashing theory. So he is, I guess, plugging his podcast by giving us a six word summary. That's a 400 IQ move. Hey, I was on his show. Listen to the episode I was on, guys. It was a fun episode. We talked about the Nickelodeon Super Smash Brothers game. Oh, that's right. I wasn't free <laughs> for that. Yeah. I asked her if that game is terrible. Is Dunkey it? made a video where he was like really bad. Yeah, all my friends are like, ah, Dunkey's really right about this. But anyway, Aww. he said, popcorn Bakugo. So there you go. Popcorn Bakugo, popcorn Bakugo. So you were right <laughs> on the money with that comparison. <laughs> Those were all really fantastic. So as always, I very much appreciate people submitting them. Also, as a note, if people want to submit power words for our chibi episodes, I will likewise try and announce that ahead of time. That is literally just how you describe the series in one word for the first chapter. And though now I turn it to the most important thing which is was this a flop or not Ooh. jordan no I don't, I don't think this was a flop this is like in my mind the definition of not a flop which is where did it show off everything it could be no but it was on its way to getting there i really enjoyed what i was reading and i'm genuinely upset that it was canceled <sighs> chip how about you 
it is not a flop either. It's very heavily flawed, but I glad that I read it. It feels like I almost want to keep my eye on the people who made this because it feels like with other successful authors who had one or two, you know, things they did before that didn't really take off. It feels like yeah. these people might get something real good their second or third try, maybe. Totally. Oh, yeah, I think they're going to do something fantastic. I also realized, Chip, there is actually a candy with the word Chip in its name, which is probably what your power would be, which are chocolate chips. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're just a bunch of goofs. <laughs> there we go, duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is me uh, buffering the conversation before I say I actually did think this was a flop. I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting, but ultimately, I just thought there were a lot of structural issues. It just it sounds like I had a different expectation and it just wasn't what I wanted. I wanted this to be more off the cuff, just being a silly series. Just I totally get what you guys see, but I just read it and I was thought it was mm-hmm. fine, but I didn't miss it being canceled. Mm. I think maybe I keep reading it to read it, but it would never have been the first series I was reading. While the, what I currently read in Shonen Jump, I really rotate what is like what I need to read first. What do you currently need to read first? Just curious. I've been reading Red Hood, actually, because it's really gotten interesting right now. So that's my first, uh, just because I read One Piece on Friday, so it's not with the usual batch. Well, you like the thick woman, too. You know, the- Oh, God, the she's th- fucking- Thick. <laughs> yeah, she would have oatmeal powers, yeah. sure. <laughs> So what I would recommend, though, is, of course, One Piece. Oh. Just kidding. Yeah, come on. So uh, actually, the chip, the chip, I guess I have to recommend one piece to you, though. But <laughs> if I was to recommend something that I would say 90 percent of our listeners haven't already been aware of, I am going to, I think, Jordan, for the first time, recommend a series we've covered. Do you want to take a guess? I mean, I'm looking at your notes right now and oh, well, can see what you recommended, David. I didn't know you were going to ask me before I read that. Like. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> so I am going to recommend Mora King, which was definitely one of our favorite series. I think it's definitely in our top three. Yeah, it I think just plays this idea of being a manga parody a lot better with a funny gimmick where essentially bugs turn into humans and they have to decide who is the king of all the bug people. Okay, and it just has like a fuck ton of like anime and manga parodies. Like it makes one of Dragon Ball Z, it makes one of Bleach, and it's just really I think the level of parody I was hoping this series would have, which I guess is why I kind of feel disappointed mm-hmm. by Candy Flower. And you also learn a lot about bugs. You get a lot of bug facts. Oh, man. We do. Edutainment. Yeah. A lot of cool bug facts. And it's a very wholesome series, too. Like the pudding incident. It's also a genuinely good series. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's very short. It's roughly, I think it's a little bit, maybe it's one more volume than this, but it's it's definitely a fun read. Yeah. Mora King is one of the series where, like, I was saying that Candy Flurry is not paced for a 19 for a 19 chapter series. Mora King is weirdly paced perfectly for a 19 chapter series told the story it needs to tell yeah. so you don't feel like it just kind of ends when it should it's like time paradox ghost rider where i couldn't have seen it going for more than like an hour 10 chapters anyway yeah and so jordan though i guess uh is this the best series that we've ever read obviously i'm gonna say no but how does this compare i guess to like mora king no i would say mora king is still better but i think that this had more potential like as it is yes mora king is better but if this series had went had been able to go to like 40 plus chapters or something i don't know yeah. And then uh, Chip. So I will figure you probably haven't read a lot of the canceled series. Is there any manga or anime that you would say plays in a similar space that you really enjoyed before you read Candy Flurry? So I haven't read, read a ton of stuff. So there isn't anything personally I think I could recommend mm-hmm. that also matches a, sa- a similar vibe. But I will say that when I was reading this, it made me remember a manga that I think in Japan at least is fairly popular, Snack World. Mm, that sounds good. I don't know that one. 
it's a weird like multimedia thing it's video games and stuff by made by uh level five productions it's like <laughs> level a, cool really level five yeah it's got an anime and That's stuff amazing they've tried to get it to be successful in the americas and it just hasn't really worked nah. um it's like a jrpg dungeon crawler thing where you buy these in the real world too like collectible little like gotcha keychain things that are like based on snacks and food and stuff mm-hmm. and you like hook those onto whatever weapon you got it powers them up in different ways related to the food or something like that i think yeah i'm trying to make those yeah i know people have been talking about some cookie based gotcha game in the discord so i'm just imagining like a like a cookie <laughs> clicker gotcha game where it's like uh it's like an rpg type thing but you just have to get different chips to ah chips to attach to your cookies yeah i mean we already got the best chip yeah hey <laughs> hey <laughs> speaking yeah. of why don't we hear a little bit more about what chips got going on so all of you can get more of the best chip in your life the way i worded that seemed kind of weird but not as much as i was expecting <laughs> so time to go to shout outs right Props to Jordan for making the opening anything, being a great co-host and helping with the editing. Props to Shannon for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Illuminati and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Thanks to Nicole, Merriam, and Audie for helping with social media. Thank you so much, David, for editing this podcast. Listener, David does a really good job. Thank you. Oh, thanks, buddy. Couldn't do it without you. Damn right you couldn't. Anyway. <laughs> And then be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We have a book club and do regular movie nights. Uh, we're actually collaborating one with the anime Out of Context guys. So it's like Dylan's a fucking legend. Uh, so are Shaman Rem. So I'm really looking forward to that. We're also going to have Cabot of Mystery, which is another really awesome podcast. So we're doing like a three podcast movie night. We had 12 people at the last one when we watched Black Dynamite. So that was Ooh. why it was on my mind. And it was a really fun time. Uh, you can find a link to it, of course, in our show notes. Also, if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep growing, consider subscribing to our patreon we have a ton of awesome perks ranging from exclusive mini episodes deleted scenes and you can even pick help us pick what we're going to cover next you can find that at patreon.com slash flop if you're not ready for a regular commitment consider buying some merch we have a ton of awesome designs from the much requested gomez moon and national punching harry potter shirts along with cover art from this episode and a portion of the proceeds goes to the artist and no worries if you can't help the show out financially if you could like rate review or share our show it really helps us build our audience even telling one friend to check us out means a ton you can find us on twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. But that's enough about our show. Chip, would you please tell the audience where they can get more of their daily chip in their life? Mmm. I've got a couple different things going on that you can check out. The biggest, longest running thing I've been doing that has been going since 2008, I do Let's Plays. I, I do like high effort Let's Plays. I try to, you know, document everything through mm-hmm. stuff for Metal Gear Solid 5, which was the most intensive Let's Play I ever did. It was showing off the open world gameplay and openness of that game by showing off multiple takes of different missions, not every mission, but with, with uh, different themed characters in which I kind of built a narrative around each one it was way too much effort i put into that one you basically make documentaries using games they are like full-blown documentaries sometimes i feel they're not let's plays they are let us plays yes I really thought that was going to be really funny like like (laughs) jordan's like like you it was not worth you interrupting me for a joke that shit it's okay david you know (laughs) they can't all be winners i know just like you but yeah oh (laughs) 
you can find uh, all of our Let's Plays we've done at our YouTube channel, which is Chip Cheesum LPs. That's Cheesum, C-H-E-E-Z-U-M, spelled all dumb, L-P-S. We also have a podcast of our own, my myself and my friend Grant, who's also guested on this show. Mm-hmm. We have a recap podcast for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Never heard of it. Hmm. I know a lot about JoJo. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a rewatch of the entire anime for me on this show. But my friend Grant, this is his first time with all of JoJo. So it's been really fun <laughs> seeing his reaction to everything, such as Nazis getting devoured from the inside out by squirrels. Uh, that's a lot of fun. That podcast is also on our YouTube channel. You can find it on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. The podcast is called Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die because yep. dogs die a whole lot in that show. Oh, yeah. sure does. I was on an episode. Yeah. And then my final thing is, hey, I work at Volition. I work on video games. If you're interested in open world video games, I'm working on Saints Row. That comes out February 25th next year. So, hey, you know, check that out, maybe. You're in the big leagues now, Chip. Whoa. (laughs) Saints Row 3, that was a ton of fun back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, Chip made Saint Ro- Saints Row 3, I believe, right? Like, you made the whole thing. He was actually <laughs> the main character. When you reach the credits of Saints Row 3, it's just my name repeated 13,000 times, so. <laughs> I mean, you don't know his real name, so, like. It's true. I just legally changed my name every single time, and yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. So just to give some general shout outs, I am going to play some promos, but I also want to, as I talked about, give a big shout out to Dylan from the Anime Out of Contact show. They have an absolutely fantastic show. He is actually like the executive producer. He's usually not on the show, but you guys should really check him out. Definitely one of the people I most enjoy talking about because he's like another business-minded podcaster. So just want to give you a shout out, Dylan. Thank you so much for being an awesome friend and helping me a lot in my journey, especially because your show is way bigger than mine. So I really appreciate you doing giving support, like having us on the show, giving us shout outs or just sharing the Big Tony story with the world. Yes. A lot of our success from our show would not be without the support from Anime Out of Context, which is ironic because they're like literally 20 times our size. So they don't need us shouting them out. But still, <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Dylan's like, oh, yeah, we had three extra listeners because of you that yeah. that day. Hey, it's a difference. I have a shout out I would like to give. Previous guest to the show, Audrey, who uh, I believe we had for the SWAT episode. We sure did. She also hosts uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast called Pod of Greed. But Mm -hmm. she recently started a new podcast about Transformers called Prime Cuts. It's great. The uh, cover art of it has like a truck and then has each part of it kind of blocked off like it's a different cut of meat. It's great. So Mm -hmm. Prime Cuts. It's a lot of fun. Highly recommend. Listen. Awesome. And then I'm just going to play some promos from a few friends of our show right here. Looking for a podcast all about nerddom? Want a podcast with an emphasis on representation? The Nerd Alternative is the podcast for you. Join me, Ram. Me, Hassan. And me, Levi. Three black British nerds tackling the pop culture we love and sharing why we love them. The Nerd Alternative, a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy. Do you want a limited-length Fallout audio drama to listen to? Check out Fallout Columbus, a six-episode RPG set in the Fallout universe in the city of Columbus, Ohio. Explore a region that avoided the bombs and the system that started as a result of that. You can find us at EstablishedPropertyPlayhouse.com or E-S-T-P-R-O Playhouse on Twitter. And remember, war never changes. This is Dr. Mystery from the Cabinet of Dr. Mystery. Join me as we explore the horrors of the world. From true crime, unexplained disappearances, and alien abductions, to Satanism, cults, and the paranormal, our cabinet 
holds the mysteries of the universe. Visit us at notwhatwesay.com or check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Chip. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. And that scene. Woo. All right. Cool.